We wanna say welcome to everybody who's in the room, everybody who's watching online. Thanks for joining us. We are so excited uh, for all God has in store for our church in 2022. Um, I hope you had a great New Year's. I made it up until like 9.30. I think that's whenever my wife and I uh, went to bed. So um, hopefully you had more fun than than we did. But um, I wanna let y'all know, next Sunday, all right, January 9th, we're gonna have just one unified service still. And uh, the reason for that is because uh, we're gonna be honoring our senior pastor, our lead pastor, Eddie Lyons, next week uh, for 20 years of service. And so I wanna invite you guys to be back for that. Next week we have a unified service and it's gonna be uh, awesome. The title of today's message is What You Really Need This Year. What You Really Need This Year. And I'll be the first to admit, okay, I came up with the title. It sounds a little bit like clickbait. It sounds uh, like a title that will overpromise and underdeliver. okay? It, it does. But I believe that as we look at the life of Jesus today, um, as we look at his interactions with people, we are gonna see a principle that when we apply to our lives in 2022, it will not underdeliver. It will not underdeliver. It will impact your life in a positive way. And so we're gonna be in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Uh, this morning, Luke 10, 38 through 42. And uh, this is a story. We're actually dropping into the middle of some family drama, if you will. Some of y'all, that might hit a little too close to home after the holidays. But we're jumping into some family drama today. And we're gonna be talking about the story of Martha and Mary, two sisters, and their interaction with Jesus. And now, Martha and Mary are women that we see a couple of different times throughout the Gospels. They're disciples of uh, Jesus. They're followers of Jesus. And scripture actually tells us that Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and their brother Lazarus. And so uh, the, one of the probably the most popular uh, times we see them in the Gospels is that their brother Lazarus they're, they're followers of Jesus, right? They had a close relationship with Jesus, a personal relationship with him. And Lazarus has actually, at one point in time, he passes away. He gets sick, he passes away, and he dies. And Jesus is off somewhere else. Jesus is off somewhere else, and so finally he comes, and Mary and Martha are like, Jesus, if you would have been here, you could have healed our brother, and Jesus does heal their brother. This is in John chapter 11, and actually brings him back from the dead, and so that's probably one of the most popular times when we see Martha and Mary in scriptures, but this story, what we're going to read today um, is a drop into Martha and Mary and a little bit of family drama, so in verse 38 it says, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Verse 40 says, but Martha was distracted with much serving and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen, chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And so I can just imagine this scene, right, as you enter in uh, to this scene, and Martha is about to, like, she's a follower of Jesus. She knows that there is something special about Jesus. She is hosting this guest of honor. And so um, I grew up in a house where, like, my mom, we had to make sure 
Everything was neat, tidy, spotless whenever people came over. You know, I don't know if you can relate to that uh, or not, but the pressure was on. You had to like get everything ready. And so I can imagine Martha's maybe a little bit like that, maybe a little type A. She needs everything to be right. Perhaps Martha and Mary made a plan. Hey, when Jesus gets here, this is how we're gonna host him. You'll set the table, I'll make the food, you'll pour the drinks, whatever it is. Maybe they had a plan. And then suddenly as they're hosting Jesus, Martha realizes, man, Mary's not even helping me. Where's she at? She's actually sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him teach. And so what is Mary? Mary, Mary gets frustrated. Mary's like, I'm, I'm doing everything myself, right? I'm doing all of this. And she goes from like this gracious host, right? This person of hospitality to she starts nagging at Jesus. Notice what she says in, in verse 40. Notice what she says. She says, Lord, do you, do, you, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? That's kind of a victim mentality, right? She's kind of going to Jesus and saying, do you not care? Like, do you not recognize what's happening? Do you not see all that I'm doing? And meanwhile, my sister is sitting here and she's doing nothing. She's doing nothing. And so Martha goes from this incredible host to nagging at Jesus and kind of having this victim mentality. And what, what would have maybe made sense? I don't know. Perhaps she could have went to her sister and said, hey, can you come help me real quick? But instead she goes straight to Jesus. Like that's the ultimate tattletale card, right? You got Jesus in your house. You're not going to mom. You're not going to dad. You're going to Jesus and say, she needs to do this. She's like the ultimate tattletale right here. And I don't wanna be too hard on Martha, right? Because um, there's no doubt that she was a devout follower of Jesus and that she cared about what he was doing here during his earthly ministry. But in this moment, she kind of missed the mark, didn't she? What was she busy with? She was busy with many things, busy with many things. She was serving. Uh, Jesus says, hey, you're anxious and troubled about these things. And honestly, when I read this passage, it's pretty convicting because I'm like, that's me. How often in my life, right, as I look forward to 2022, uh, don't hear me say this, all right? I believe as Christians, we should have big visions for what could happen in our own lives and the lives of people around us and how we could influence the world. I hope you have God-sized dreams, things that only make sense that you could pray about and ask God to do something amazing in 2022. Please don't lose that. But if we're so consumed with our serving of the Lord or all the different things that we're doing in our schedule and we miss sitting at the feet of Jesus, we've totally missed the mark. We've missed it entirely. You wanna know what's special about Mary is that every time we see Mary in the Gospels, she is at the feet of Jesus. In John chapter 11, Whenever her brother has just passed away, she runs out to meet Jesus as he's on his way, falls at his feet, and in humility is like, Jesus, if you would have been here, you could have helped. Then in John chapter 12, following that, she's actually the one who is on her knees and she anoints Jesus' feet and prepares him for burial because Jesus is going to go to a cross to be, uh, and he's going to be crucified. And so every time we see Mary in the gospel, she's at the feet of Jesus. And right here, she's at the feet of Jesus in this story, listening to his word. And so our challenge is this in 2022. Will we be at the feet of Jesus? Will we be at the feet of Jesus before everything else? Here's the deal. 
Y'all got busy schedules, okay? You got this basketball game you gotta go to and you've got this practice and this band concert and if you're a student, you have this uh, homework assignment and this test, this whatever you have to go and do. You have affairs to take care of, a house to keep up with. You have things going on and a lot of those are good things and things that you should take care of. And on top of that, perhaps you have goals. Maybe you have goals of how you want to grow in your, uh, you know, your ministry, how you want to affect people outwardly, what you want to do in the world around you, in your community. All of those things are great things, but not if we miss being at the feet of Jesus first. So what does it mean to be at the feet of Jesus? How do we practically do that? It's really twofold. It means we're ready to receive God's word We're ready to receive God's word and we're also willing to submit to his guidance in our life. We're ready to receive God's word and we're willing to submit to its guidance in our lives. That's how we are practically at the feet of Jesus today in 2022, right? That's what it looks like. And in the midst of all the busyness and the goals that you have and the things that you do, this is what matters the most. That's why like this is what you truly actually need this year. And I love this with, um, with Martha or with Mary. It feels like she's maybe doing nothing. Martha looked at Mary and she's like, you're just sitting there and you're not doing anything. But I know this, because sometimes I'm a bad listener, is that listening is an active choice. Is it not? Listening is an active choice. She was listening at the feet of Jesus. So um, I can kind of be the person that it's like, I have to complete tasks in order to be doing something. But did you know that you are doing something whenever you are taking time out of your schedule, out of your day, out of your week to sit at the feet of Jesus? That is an active effort that you're engaging in. And that's what Mary was doing. She was doing something, and I get it. It can feel as if sometimes when we're we're taking that time to be present, it can feel as if we are losing something else. I love what Charles R. Edmonds says. Um, uh, He he was a, a professor of theology at Princeton. He says this, while the master does, all, uh, does appreciate all that we undertake for him, he knows our first need is to sit at his feet and learn his will. Then in our tasks, we shall be calm, peaceful, and kind. That if you want to be more effective in the world around you in 2022, you're going to be more effective when you're first at the feet of Jesus, when you're submitting to the master Because it's then through that, empowered by the Holy Spirit, you can be calm and peaceful and kind in the actions around you. Y'all ever been there and you're doing stuff and you're like, this is good things. Why is is everybody else not coming along with this? And you're doing a good thing, but your heart's not in the right place. I'm there all the time. But what God's word tells us, if we sit at the feet of Jesus, right, that will actually impact the way we interact and do those things around us. Tony Evans, who's a a pastor and a biblical scholar, he says this, he says, lately, if you've been working harder and praying less and becoming more distant from God, you need to reorient your spiritual life. Maybe you've been working harder, reading your Bible less. I think it comes out for me in little things. I'm being short with my children. I'm being short with my wife. I'm being impatient with the people who are around me that sometimes we need to reorient and refocus. And there'll be a time in 2022 where you need to do this. We're sinful people by nature. So there will be a time where you need to reevaluate where you're at and you need to go back and sit at the feet of Jesus. 
You know, one of the things that has taught me most about uh, how God loves us is uh, being a dad and getting to have my own children. And there was a night this last summer where uh, my daughter, my, my wife was out doing something. And so um, like the good husband that I am, I had put our son to bed and then, you know, I'm taking care of our daughter. No, I'm, I, I love doing that. But uh, it's hard to be like a parent, you know, on your own. So it, I, I was like, you know, feeling pretty good about myself. And we're in uh, the driveway. It's pretty late. We had put cash down, my son. And so it was just Nova and I, and she's two and a half at this time. And um, it was like a warm summer day. And so the concrete still kind of, you know, got some heat to it. And we're just laying on the driveway and we're looking up at the sky. And it, for whatever reason, it was just like a beautiful sunset that night. And I don't know if like a storm had kind of rolled through and, and it was just the clouds looked awesome. But I just remember being this awesome sunset. And I remember that moment because I did not need my daughter to do anything for me. But she was just laying, you know, right here on my shoulder and we were just looking up at the sky. And, and I was like, man... She doesn't need to do anything for me. I just love her being right here and knowing that like she's in my presence and I get to be with her. And I think sometimes this is exactly what God wants from us. I feel oftentimes as if I need to do something, but I think a lot of times God just wants us to be present with him at his feet. And so uh, I think we need to extend the practicality a little bit. As we go throughout our year, what does this look like? We know that if we're ready to receive God's word and we're submitting to it, we're at the feet of Jesus. But I think there's three steps we can take that really hammer home like how we can ensure that we are building this into our lives. And uh, I'd say this, like with your goals, uh, I, there's a book called Atomic Habits out there and uh, it's a secular book, but it's written by a guy named James Clear and he talks about how uh, most of the time people have these goals or they wanna form new habits but where they fail is they don't actually have a plan in place, a system in order to achieve it. One of the most powerful things you can do is to write out how you're gonna do something. And so that's my kind of challenge to you as we walk through these steps is to think through and write down, that, that's like kind of homework, right? Is to write down how you can do this in your daily life. And so the first step I think we can sit at the feet of Jesus today is by diverting daily. Diverting daily. What does that mean? It means choosing to, each day, to seek God. Choosing to, each day in our lives, in humility, to seek God in our lives. And I think about it like this, like diverting daily. What we talk about here at High Street is we want people, we believe if you do one, uh, five things, that it's gonna help you grow spiritually. And one of those things we talk about is engaging in spiritual disciplines, reading God's word, prayer, fasting, memorizing scripture. Uh, th those are things that, uh, what is a spiritual discipline? A spiritual discipline is simply, sim simply something that God has given us like, and, and, and told us to be obedient in because it helps us do something we cannot do on our own. So a spiritual discipline is something you can choose to engage in that will help you do something you cannot do on your own. You cannot just snap your fingers, I wish you could, and grow spiritually. That would be awesome if it worked that way. If, it's, if that's the way it is for you, awesome. But that is not the way it is for me. That I need the Holy Spirit to come in and change my heart. I need God to come in and change my heart, my actions, my thoughts, and reorient my heart on a daily basis. That's what we need. You know, um, whenever I was in college, uh, or early in college, um, I, there was a passage that I, I really, I was going through a tough time, and I, I really just focused in on this passage, and it, and it really helped me, and it's Colossians 3, 1 and 2. And it says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. 
Not the things on earth. Set your mind on things of above, not on things of earth. And this really helped me to reorient my heart. I was like, man, if I seek the things that are above and I set my mind on the things that are of heaven and the things that are above, like this is going to impact me. And so on a daily basis, do you know what happens when you divert and whenever you set your mind on the things of heaven, do you know what happens is your perspective and your heart begins to change. One of the things we talk about here like within our young adult community uh, is having your God goggles on and we always do this thing and it's cheesy, but when you, when you seek God and you set your mind on things of above, you know what starts to happen is you, you get these God goggles on and suddenly you start to see your problems in a new light, in a new perspective, in light of eternity. And another thing happens is you begin to see people the way that God sees them. Not the way the world sees them, not the way that you usually see them, but you begin to see people the way that God sees them. And that's why diverting daily is such like a valuable practice. And I would say this, maybe you're like, hey, in 2021, that was already my goal. Like I know, and sometimes in church, it's like, we get it. We're supposed to spend time with God outside of just Sundays. But it can be discouraging. Maybe you miss a day. What I would say to you is, if you miss a day, don't miss two. If you miss two days, don't miss three days in a row. Maybe you had a bad week, don't have two bad weeks. We, we have to be people who are consistent in seeking God in our daily lives. We have to, we have to divert daily. The second thing I would encourage you to do is this, and uh, um, this is something that I'm, I, I'm not as good at, right? Diverting daily is something that I feel like um, has just been a part of my life, but this second thing is something that is hard for me to do, and that's to withdraw weekly, to withdraw weekly. And here's what I think the biblical basis for this idea is, is when we look at the life of Jesus, he frequently withdrew from people. And so if you're out there and you're thinking, well, I'm probably gonna withdraw every Sunday at either 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m., you're, you're kind of missing the point, all right? Uh, we don't, that would, if you missed it, that would mean you weren't at church if you withdrew during that time, okay. So uh, you're not gonna do that at that time, but to withdraw weekly, what does this look like when we look at the life of Jesus? In Luke 5, 16, it says this, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Talking about Jesus, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. This is at the beginning of Jesus's ministry, right after he has healed a man with leprosy, this skin condition, and fame is starting to come for Jesus. Some people hate him, some people love him. Either way, people are flocking to him. And what does he say about Jesus? Frequently, he would withdraw to places and he would spend time in prayer. Where else do we see Jesus do this? Do you know that actually before Jesus selected his 12 disciples or the 12 apostles, the men who which he would build the church upon, they would be entrusted in furthering his message, what did he do? He withdrew. He went and he prayed. After, uh, in a time of grief, after John the Baptist, right? A man who Jesus said this about John the Baptist, that from woman there's been no one else born like the man John. John the Baptist, like there was no one else like him. He actually led the way for the coming of Jesus and was pre preaching a message of repentance like John was special. And because of his message, he was actually beheaded and killed. And when Jesus finds this out, he goes and we withdraws to a desolate place to pray and to spend time with God. Where else did Jesus do this? Before Jesus knows that um, you know, the cross lies before him and the Garden of Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives, Jesus goes and he says, God, if there's another way that this can be done, please, please like remove this cup from me. I don't wanna have to bear this if I don't have to. 
We said, but I, your will be done, not mine. Jesus withdrew. The disciples are sleeping. Jesus is off as he often was, and he's praying. How often would you say in your life that you're spending time where it's just you and God? And this time, there's so many things that want to rob you of your time. There are so many things that want to dictate our schedule for us. But we should actually be the ones who are dictating our schedule meaning that we place this as a priority in our lives, a time to get away and to seek Jesus. Your life in 2022, I can tell this for everyone in here, you're gonna be busy at some points. You're gonna feel like, what on earth have I gotten myself into? I have too much going on. Sometimes that is a conversation of you need to have better boundaries. Sometimes it's you're a college student and you gotta take what classes you gotta take to get a degree and you have to work to survive. Whatever it may be, there will be times when you're busy. But if we aren't setting aside time to withdraw, I think we're missing a huge area of spiritual growth. And for me, like I said, this is, this is something I need to be better at and something that gets difficult to do. But the power of like withdrawing and spending time with God is so important. And the third thing I would say is this is, um, th- this is again a, a point of like, man, I wanna make this a priority is to retreat annually. So uh, honestly, the the three points, divert daily, withdraw weekly, and uh, retreat annually. I've heard this in terms of like, this is what you should do with a relationship. Like with your marriage, this is what you should do. That daily you should spend time with your spouse, like intentional time. You should date weekly, right? You you should withdraw together. And then uh, it's a good thing for you to go and to retreat annually. And you know, my wife and I did this. We went to Bentonville, Arkansas uh, this last fall, and uh, I rode a mountain bike. I had a mountain bike in forever. I nearly killed myself, um, but I'm here now, and I did not break any bones. But it was, it was an interesting time, for sure, um, as you're going down this hill. But we're in Bentonville, and it's funny, like, we hadn't gotten away in a long time, but I, I noticed this, is as you get away, you, like, start to see your spouse again in a new light. You start to see, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, this, this woman that I love. This is this, this is the same girl that I fell in love with. This is the same girl that, like, we get to raise a family together. And you start to see things in a different way. And I think this same principle applies to us spiritually. Have you ever done this? Have you ever had a time where you've gotten away and you just sought your creator? And I think this, the other things, like a weekly, you know, withdrawing weekly, and diverting daily, these are consistent rhythms that we can have in our lives. But there's something special about like a laser-focused time on seeking God. A time where you can reflect on all God has done, where you can dream about the future, and even more than that, when you can just be in his presence, free of distraction. My challenge to you would be this, is what if in 2022, you made it a priority and you wrote down, this is when I'm gonna do these things. And you had a plan. I'm gonna divert daily. If I have one bad day, I'm not gonna have two bad days. If I have two bad days, I'm not gonna have four, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna seek God daily. Second thing being like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take time out of my schedule and make spending an extended amount of time with God a priority for me. The third thing is, what if you made a plan to get away, to go spend some time with God and to retreat in that capacity? I think it would be a benefit to your life. I think it would help you to better sit at the feet of Jesus in 2022, ready to receive God's word and ready to submit and follow his guidance in your life. I think sometimes this can be um, a little bit like, hey, good plan, what's the, what's the reason behind it? Like, why would we do this? 
You know, as I, I, was, I was preparing, I thought of somebody um, who, who I wanted to reach out to who's a part of our church. And her name's McKenna Lee. And McKenna, uh, I met McKenna whenever uh, she was a freshman in college uh, at Young Adults here at High Street. And McKenna uh, was quiet and shy. And I was like, this, this girl does not have a lot to say. Okay, that's whenever I met McKenna. And uh, it's cool to see the transformation that's happened in her life. And I asked McKenna, I said, tell me your story, right? Tell me your story of what happened. She said, due to some circumstances in her life, growing up, she was angry, not just at like individuals, angry at the world. Maybe some of y'all can relate to that. She was angry at the world. She said she felt empty. She had this emptiness. And finally, through wrestling through that and talking with her pastor back home, she eventually ended up making a decision that she was gonna turn her life over to follow Jesus. She was gonna say yes to following Jesus. And she did that. And as she came to college, right, um, she met a couple of girls. And this is why conversations matter so much. She met two girls named Sarah. And as they started to invest in her and pouring into her, she started to sit at the feet of Jesus. And she said this, McKenna said this, she said, this is whenever I started to see life change. She went to Kaleo. There's a, uh, an on-campus student ministry at Missouri, Star, Missouri State called Student Mobilization. A lot of our, our, our young adults from Missouri State are part of that, that group. And they have this summer project called Kaleo. They go for 12 weeks, nine weeks, 12 weeks, and they, they spend time just growing in their faith. And McKenna said, after I did this and I learned to sit at the feet of Jesus, she's like, this is when my life actually began changing. Like I had made a genuine decision to accept Christ, to follow him. But she's like, it wasn't until I decided to consistently sit at the feet of Jesus, I started to see life change happen in my own life. And now I look at McKenna, you can usually see her up front when she's here and she's sitting with the youth and she just completed an internship. And uh, I got to see when, when they do the internship, they get to give devotionals or they get to practice emceeing and things. And I'm like, McKenna is gifted by God. She is gonna teach and lead people at a high capacity. And the only reason that she's able to do that is because she's been obedient. She was ready to receive God's word. And now what has she done? She submitted to his guidance in her life. And it all started with her saying yes to Jesus. And so while what you really need in here today, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, is to sit at his feet this year if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, the most important thing you could do, not just in 2022, but for your life, is to make a decision to say yes to following Jesus, the same way McKenna did. Maybe you have those feelings of emptiness and brokenness and hurt and pain, you're angry at the world. And in 2022, maybe you're here this Sunday, the first Sunday of 2022, because you're looking for new hope. You've tried a lot of different things. It's left you feeling empty. I would ask you this question. Have you ever said yes to following Jesus? Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's me, that's you, that's every person. We have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God of God, but God shows his love, love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus went to that cross willfully for you and for me so that we could have a hope of eternity. And Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
key word there being it's a gift. We just came off Christmas. You know how you receive a gift? You say yes to it. You take it. My challenge to you today is you've never done that. If you've never said yes to following Jesus, I'd ask you to do that today. I wanna ask you to bow your heads.